Hey, I'm Teague. And I'm Emma. And we're your well-informed girlfriends. Bringing you today's news, gossip, and unsolicited hot takes. Okay, so today on the episode, it's very exciting. Sam is out of town, so I have one of my best friends in the world, Emma Tyler. She is going to be subbing in for Sam. She is not only one of the funniest people I know, but she's also the lead social media strategist at BuzzFeed and a co-host of DC Comedy. Um, Thanks so much for joining us, Emma. Thanks for having me. Always happy to fill in for Sam. I hope I do a good job. I'm a little nervous, but I'm excited. Oh my God. No, you're great. Wait, did I say that right? It's DC Comedy? Or how do do you guys say D Comedy? -comedy. Like DCOMs, like Disney Channel Original Movies. It's a very, it's much like this. It's a very highbrow take (laughs) on something very important. And by that, I mean we review Disney Channel Original Movies. I love it. I love it. You guys have quite the following. I love the pod. <laughs> we have a lo- we have a small but devoted and loyal fan base, and I love them very much. Yeah, it makes sense. And you do it with your brother Luke. Yes, and my I brother love that Luke. Family tie. Yeah, so much fun. This week we're talking about the ongoing mask debate, the debate about opening schools in the fall, the Goya bean controversy, Will and Jada Smith tea, and dating in quarantine. The first story we wanted to talk about this week is this whole mask debate. And we've talked about it a little bit on the pod here before, but it just seems like we're still not on the same page. Um, The CDC released a story this week saying that if we all wore face coverings for the next four, six, eight, 12 weeks across the nation, the virus transmission would kind of stop. Uh, That's from Robert Redfield, the director of the CDC. Basically, also, the CDC said that if 95% of Americans wore face masks in public, it would prevent 33,000 deaths by October 1st, according to University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. So my question for you, Emma, is why do you think people are still on a different page when it comes to masks? That's a great question because it seems to be a very short and simple book. Like, I don't understand what other... (laughs) page other people are looking at because my book is just one page and it says wear a mask and then people won't die and I read that and I was like what a great page to be on so I'm I'm a little bit confused at like the other pages in that in there or there maybe there's an appendix because I didn't get that so I truly don't know and I'm kidding but also it just seems like it seems like just bullheaded stupidity and stubbornness at this point. And it's not listening to medical health experts. And that's what I just can't wrap my head around that. Right. And while t- speaking about medical health experts, your dad is a doctor. So what does he say about this whole thing? Um, My dad has very strong opinions, obviously. He is a, a physician. Um, And I think he just – his one thing he says about it every day, he's going into the hospital every day and, you know, working uh, as normal to, like, get people the treatment they need. And for people saying this is a hoax and it's inflated, my dad says, I'll take you up to the sixth floor and I'll show you people in beds on ventilators dying that can't breathe. Like, it is a very real thing and it's very scary. And he's like, the people that are saying, like – it's a hoax and it's not real and the numbers are inflated. Like, they haven't seen what this virus can do and they clearly haven't had anyone affected by it. And maybe they should see something or read something because it's – my dad sees it every day in the hospital and it's really scary. Right. Well, has that worried you or your family at all, having him in the hospital every day? So, my dad luckily is a radiologist, um, which means he mainly um, – he works siloed in like an mm-hmm. a, I call it like a closet but a room where you sit uh, in the dark basically and read x-rays so he doesn't and they try are trying to cut down on unnecessary doctor patient um you know interaction. uh 
interactions, sorry. Uh, they're trying to cut down on unnecessary doctor-patient interactions, so he's mainly just doing his job of reading x-rays, but my mom is, of course, being super safe. He has to, like, change out of his scrubs in the garage. They've been sleeping in two separate beds when he's, like, on his hospital shift. So, obviously, we're taking precautions and trying to stay safe. And, obviously, he's not seeing anyone really outside of our immediate family just because he is going into the hospital every day and is responsible uh, for caring for those people. Right. Well, I – oh, my God, Emma, you're going to get a kick out of this. I talked to Thomas Serena. Oh, Thomas, I love him. Oh. Yes, we both love him, childhood friend. Um, and I talked to him this week and we were talking about, you know, people who aren't necessarily wearing masks. Here's what he had to say. The big thing is just washing your hands, wearing your mask. Um, I always laugh with you people comments about how it's so bad wearing the mask. And we laugh because we wear them for 13 hours of time in surgery. (laughs) So wear your mask, wash your hands, be safe. And, um, you know, I think that this is a time too, when, you know, people are really, being affected by this and the best thing is to tell people you love them make sure that you're there for others and uh, keep moving forward like we always have and that's what he had to say can you believe he's a doctor thomas oh my gosh i mean i can't believe it he was really smart smarter than me that's why he's a doctor and i hosted decom podcast but you know i think (laughs) we should all be listening to him he's a smart guy yeah he's great and his full episode his full interview is on itunes and all all the places you find the podcast so listen to that if you get a chance Okay, so we're moving on. So there's another debate going on, and no one seems to know the answer here. Um, It's the idea of should kids go back to school in the fall or not? Obviously, there's pros and cons either way you look at it. Um, Here's what Betsy DeVos had to say. Schools should do what's right on the ground at that time for their students and for their situation. I am urging all schools to be open and to be providing their students a full-time education. We all acknowledge that that could and may well look different in a certain area that has a flare-up of the virus. And also, I spoke with a teacher in South Central Los Angeles, one of my friends, Alyssa Schofield. Here's what she had to say. My largest point, and I, I don't think the media is covering this enough. You know, the media really likes to highlight, you know, you know, just the drama of whether or not we're going to be going back to school or not. But people don't talk enough about education equity. And, you know, especially with what is going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, I think what a lot of people don't realize is that there are many schools that are you could still consider segregated. And what I mean by that is my school in South Central all of my students are black. So that, and unfortunately, the resources that are available to them are very different than the resources that are available to students in, you know, Beverly Hills or West Hollywood. And so this virus has not only affected people's immune systems and their way of life, but it's also affected, you know, the pockets and the finances of many of the families that I've become really close with. So while I think the number one priority, of course, should be our students and their families' safety, I think people also need to consider that, you know, many families living paycheck to paycheck, continuing to not have childcare during the day uh, is going to leave both the parents and, and the kids in 
extreme distress, financially, physically, and mentally. So Emma, my question for you is, do you think it's realistic for these kids to follow all of these CDC guidelines? So wearing a mask all day, staying six feet apart from other students, not sharing supplies. Do you think we could have done that in high school? I mean, come on, we have to be realistic. (laughs) Like high schools and not even elementary schools are just like germ infested like trans like remember when people would get sick in high school or grade school and how fast that whatever it was that flu that cough would just run rampant because Mm -hmm. kids are gross and are like (laughs) like licking things touching their markers handing them to someone else like I don't know anybody that gets sick more than my friends who are teachers because Mm -hmm. the kids come to school with all these germs and they're not great especially younger children in elementary school aren't super great at remembering to wash their hands thoroughly and things like that and so like infectious diseases are just like the schools are breeding grounds for them and it, and it's mm-hmm. like imagine telling you know a, however young a four-year-old five-year-old you have to wear a mask all day all, all the sanitization procedures like as much as they probably would like to follow them it's really hard for small kids Right, totally. And even, like, I feel like it, if we were in high school, we would not want to be wearing masks unless we rhinestoned them together yes. with our initials on them. Is, they would have to match my, like, Blair Waldorf, like, hot pink headband. I would have had to match it to my accessories. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, no, I, I just feel like it might be unrealistic. But then again, when I was talking to Alyssa, um, the teacher in South Central, she was saying, you know, these kids, a lot of them – that's where they get their food. That's where they, they have their, you know, structure in their life. And a lot of their parents are um, essential workers. So it's, there's definitely several different sides to the story. So, And I totally feel for parents who are, like, now struggling to figure out childcare. It's a crazy, unprecedented sort of what do you do if your kid's not in school, but you're both working or you're working and you can't – like, school, for a lot of – like you're saying, it's a place they get meals. It's also a place where they are for the majority of the day, Monday through Friday, where parents are at work. And, you know, mm-hmm. childcare is an expensive and, like, costly and difficult thing to figure out for a lot of families. Right. Totally. Um, okay. So next story is, oh, God. So the Goya bean controversy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So earlier this week, Ivanka Trump may have violated government ethics rules uh, when she posted a photo of herself holding a can of black beans. <sighs> The post came in response to boycotts of the brand and social media outrage from consumers and some Hispanic leaders after the company's CEO praised President Donald Trump in the Rose Garden event last week. Um, He said that President Trump was, you know, a builder and that we are blessed as a country to have him. So then she posted the picture of the beans. I guess my question for you, Emma. Oh, and also she like put some Spanish in there, which does she speak Spanish? Um... Um, my discussion question for you, Emma, is do you think it's necessary to be posting photos like this while we're still in a pandemic? Also, what is your take on who is taking these grainy iPhone 4 photos of Ivanka? (laughs) Why can't we get that? First of all, like, you're allegedly so rich. Get a goddamn ring light, girl. Like, it's like she's backlit. I was like, was this taken on a potato? Like, do you not have anyone to, like, get you in some good light in front of an open window? I can see, like, her foundation. It's awful. But, like, it's it's one thing... First of all, there's debate if she violated a federal ethics law as being a member of the executive branch and, like, basically hawking a product. 
That's one thing. I mean, I really don't care at this point if she broke the law because they break laws all the time and no, nothing matters. It's literally, it's like, that's just for jokes. Um, but <laughs> the thing is, it's like, why are they so goddamn cheesy? Like, you are a member of the government. Like, you're not someone from my high school trying to sell me some sort of pyramid scheme workout tee. Like, in the way she's holding it, I was like, you guys are such cheesy bastards. Like, you might as well be hawking flat tummy tea. It is so, so egregious. So true. Yeah, I just didn't understand. Especially, like, the big smiles and even his photo, you know, in the Oval Office with, like, a, like just stacks of boy Goya. Just, like, a pack of loose beans on his desk. Yeah. Like, what a delicious like, lunch. And what a time, you know, to be taking time to be doing that. Just, yeah, yeah it does seem interesting. And also, like, her Dora the Explorer Spanish. Like, I can't with that. I, it's, that's a whole other issue. Truly, yeah, I do believe she probably put that in Google Translate, but just my <laughs> personal opinion. Like all of our Spanish homework in high school, it's just right into Google Translate. Right. I'm not exactly. going to double check that at all. <laughs> so next story, this is pretty interesting. So Jada Pinkett Smith revealed earlier this week that she had a past romance um, with this rapper named August Alsina, and I guess he was the one who kind of leaked the story recently he said he was losing friends and money because of the whole issue and and anyways um she the way she handled the story is she sat will down on her red table talk show which is like a very blunt honest conversation over red table if you haven't seen it on facebook and she basically like kind of detailed what happened essentially she said she and will said that they had broken up at the time and they were kind of doing their own thing my question for you, Emma, is do you think that this was the best way to do it? Because you've watched the video, right? Yeah, I've watched it many times. It also, <laughs> I think it should be the only piece of media qualified for the 2020 Oscars because it's the only captivating <laughs> thing I've watched in, like, months. I was riveted. Also, I have to say, I, to preface this, I am an amazing guest for this because I love Will and Jada. They're my yeah. favorite celebrity couple. I've loved them for forever. I love Jaden and Willow, their whole family. I'm obsessed with them. I've seen every single Will Smith movie in theaters, even that terrible, like, After Earth thing with Jaden. I see all the bad ones, too. Like, I love them. And I... I love their marriage, and I, I'm torn on this because, number one, I do think, I res this is the thing that I love about them, I do think they are, like, very real, and they seem to have, like, this great rapport with each other where they like, could sit down and talk this out and make, like, jokes about it, basically, and Will was joking about it, and I do respect that, but the thing that just kind of interest is interesting to me, and I think Roxanne Gay tweeted about it, um, and I saw her, and I was like, this is my thoughts exactly. Like, there have been rumors that they were in an open marriage for years. Like, that's just something that's always been circulating around about them. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was interesting that, like, this specific rumor, like, I, I think maybe, I guess, because it was coming directly from him, that, like, they felt the need to, like, sit it down and address it. And they didn't say too much. They didn't really give me a lot of details. Jada just loves to use the words like healing and journey and healing journey like over and over. <laughs> An entanglement. I love the phrase entanglement. I really liked how that takes the onus off of you for getting in mm -hmm. a relationship. Like I'm no longer referring to my ex-boyfriends as ex-relationships. Like those were just entanglements and I got <laughs> caught up and it was against my will and I we're moving past it. We're on a journey past it. Yeah, no, exactly. I think the one, it wasn't odd, but I think the one thing that I, you know, kind of raised an eyebrow about was that the fact that it sounded like August kind of came to the family and like needed help, right? And so he was like being mentored by Will and Jada and then like all of a sudden she got into a relationship with him and I was like, oh, that's interesting. 
And yes. it's interesting to admit that that was the way that he got involved and then what happened. I just feel like the And she also that, admitted like, huh. that she was attracted to him because she likes to fix people and heal people. And that right. was part of the attraction, which I thought was incredibly interesting. But right. I gotta say, say, I give that. her credit for being honest and, like, seeing that in herself and being like, totally. this was something that I did and, like, I needed to work past it and focus on myself. And, like, I respect her. I also love totally. Jada, so I'm biased. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love, I love both of them. Also, I do think... Um, what may happen now is we're probably going to see some more stories come out with either people that Will has dated or with people that, you know, Jada has dated. I feel like now we may see some sort of snowball effect. Like, oh, wait, I have a story to tell. But That's also, just my prediction. My thing with them as well is, like, I'm sorry. Anybody in a 25-year-long marriage, my parents have been married for over 25 years, like, anybody in the marriage that long that has had no issues or says they're having no issues is lying to you. That's just not true. Marriages. Right are hard and you know what they're even harder when the two of you are massive Hollywood stars Mm -hmm. so like I don't fault that I don't think that they are in a bad marriage there's a bunch of memes going around that like Will being like trapped and all this stuff I don't think they're in a bad marriage I don't think they're unhappy but like everyone has their problems they were just actually you know candid enough to like talk about them so I think like you know people that judging their marriage after the fact like I think it's pretty unrealistic totally totally um love 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 um, okay, so moving on, Tyra Banks apparently is no longer canceled. And I say she's no longer canceled because it feels like in the beginning of this year, she got in a ton of trouble mm. over on Twitter. You probably were all on top of this. I didn't really <laughs> know. I didn't know this really until um, it just came out that ABC announced that Tyra will be the new host and EP of Dancing with the Stars. And this is only months after, yeah, like I said, she was involved in some controversial, felt like she was being canceled on Twitter for things she'd said in the past on the show. Um, A few quick examples are um, on the show, America's Next Top Model. Um, She once told a contestant to pose dead in a casket for a photo shoot. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm laughing. This show, guys, is just so wild. Sometimes I actually cannot hold back. And the fact that they put this on television in the early aughts is astounding. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, but that's why it was such a good show is because, like, she pushed boundaries, didn't care what she said. But anyways... So one of the one of the things she got in trouble for was um, telling a contestant to pose dead in a casket for a photo shoot only a week after discovering that her friend had died of an overdose. Um, then also there was some sort of photo shoot where contest- contestants had to pose made up as different ethnicities. And oh then <laughs> another one, another time, was when Tyra told a gay contestant to tone down her sexuality. Um, but that's why the show I think was so successful was because she just like pulled no punches. Um, my question for you is like, do you think that what she had done on the show America's Next Top Model really did warrant her being canceled? And do you think it's, you know, what is cancel worthy? I guess is my real question. I mean, yeah, the thing about this that I just, I... I don't know if I would say that it was a true canceling because, right. and I, and I, I do think there was some things that were Tyra was really in the wrong, like especially um one of the bigger controversies was um with eventual the eventual winner of season six, Danny Evans, being told to close her Gap as it like wasn't oh. marketable, and she was really hard on her for that, and also hard um on other contestants about the way they dressed, the way they looked, and if it wasn't you know a marketable look and things like that. I don't. I feel like canceling is a different thing where it's this 
public figure has things that are like unearthed from their past or you know bad tweets and it show kind of shows you like their true problematic nature and then they are like canceled like this really mm-hmm. wasn't that because we all watched this happen for years like it, <laughs> it was like it wasn't hidden like it was a very highly rated show on network television and we were all tuning in and it was millions of people watching it and being like way to go Tyra like I think it is more like us kind of realizing that like this aged like milk and like it wasn't just an <laughs> ANTM like all of that crazy reality from the early aughts aged terribly we're now in a society where like in a reality tv landscape that is kinder reality television like America's Got Talent like nurturing the talent like not ripping them apart like Simon Cowell like destroying people's dreams on in 2001 on American Idol like like there was the swan in the early odds where they like made over people with plastic surgery and told them they were ugly to their faces like it was just a vicious (laughs) vicious reality TV landscape and I think this is kind of like a, just a reflection of its time where like that was what reality TV was back then and it just right. aged super poorly but I do think her feedback style especially about specific models looks and being marketable and like the whole makeover episode where she was like if you want to work I gotta chop that into a rosemary baby rosemary's <laughs> baby pixie cut like and they're like <laughs> sobbing like that aged poorly and I do hope that she's like learned from those mistakes and like and I think that's on her for that I think she's, right. hope she's learned from those mistakes and like will bring something different and kinder and more supportive of a host to uh, Dancing with the Stars. Right. Do you think that um, she will check herself and try to be a little bit different on Dancing with the Stars? Or is that what makes Tyra Tyra? I don't know. I hope that she's learned that, you know, through being called out. That's what we can only hope from. Like, from things like this, like, light canceling. I would call it a light canceling because clearly she's back, you know. But, like, (laughs) I would hope that, like, when people are, quote, unquote, canceled but they then really take stock of like what they said and what they did and why it was you know problematic and she can learn and apply that to a different hosting gig and hopefully you know be you know more supportive more loving and not not so harsh the other thing I did want to say about this though with America's Next Top Model is I do think that that show is incredibly reflecting like a very problematic and racist and toxic industry. Like, high fashion modeling is incredibly problematic. And just now, we're starting to see more diversity of body shapes, diversity of models in terms of race and uh, sex identity, uh, gender identity. And it's like... But I... In 2001, we were not getting anything like that. It was, like, crazy that someone had a gap in their teeth. And she was trying... So I do think part of the problems with, like that show also deal with the industry that she was trying to help these women break into and Mm -hmm. I think slowly as that industry is becoming more accepting and more diverse uh you know hopefully Tyra wouldn't have said those things right like the modeling world today if she was giving someone advice right of course well yeah and that's like what she grew up in so that's what she knew but she may not have you know maybe in retrospect she kind of can see what was wrong and not truly that's a good point she had to make it through that kind of terrible super racist and super problematic you know but it was really hard for her and you only really know your own experience so when she's giving advice she's kind of probably telling them what she had to do to make it and you know I see that right right okay so this next story is bonkers a couple in Pennsylvania a 72 year old man is engaged to a 27 year old woman and also the kick and what is noteworthy here is that she actually is the one who ended up proposing um, which I just love. But in a my, strip club. I also want to know that. In a strip club. Wait, I didn't even read that part. Are you oh, serious? Yes. Yeah, the proposal was quite unique and romantic. Oh 
I didn't realize. She that. paid for him to get a dance from three fully nude dancers. Shut and up. then she walked out fully clothed, <laughs> popped the question. And that's the love I'm looking for. That is honestly I, the love I'm looking for. How do I find a love like that? That's what I want to know. <laughs> well, there's so many things obviously in this, but I think one question that, you know, comes to mind is how big of an age gap is too big of an age gap? Or does that not exist? Are we like overthinking that age gaps matter? I don't know. I'm kind of someone who's always said that age doesn't really matter in relationships, mm-hmm. but I do Would you think date? 72? <laughs> I think 72. So my, 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 all right, I'm backing up. I don't think age matters. <laughs> Walk me into Except a track when you're 72. Except that's where I draw the line. No, I'm just saying, I think that as being in the same stage of your life matters and having the same priorities in a relationship right. matter. Yeah. And so while the actual number doesn't matter, like I could be looking for the same things right now that like, a 42-year-old guy is looking for. <laughs> yes, me and a 72-year-old man both really want to sit in front of the TV and eat a can of beans. Like, I <laughs> Goya, love that. <laughs> Goya, exactly. Um, but I just find it hard to believe that a 27-year-old person and a 72-year-old person want to do the same things, like the same things. I'm assuming, does she want to have children? Does I, I don't know. I just feel like you're in such a different part of your life with like what you care about and your interests and what you want to be doing on the weekends. I would just imagine it being such a difficult, you know, that's where the gap is, I feel like, you know? Right, totally. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like, yeah, I would also say like, oh, age doesn't matter. But it does when, yeah, you're thinking about kids or settling down but this girl and apparently this guy don't sound like they're settling down anytime soon if they're hanging out in the strip club yeah you know what they're younger than both of us at heart i think maybe yeah. they're just they're living young wild and free i, I also think though like but my other thing about age what i always say though is like <laughs> so much of being in a relationship is just like talking to that person all dang day long about whatever it is whatever movie you're watching like they have completely different cultural references. Like, she's probably, like, talking about Migos, and he's talking about, like, the Andy Griffith show. Like, I don't know, like, where their interests are going to intersect for them to be, like, how do they decide on a movie to watch at night? I'm I'm, un- I'm unclear. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really fully sure on that either. But apparently, they decide on strip clubs. They love that, so. <laughs> and that's where they met in the middle. They were, yeah, they were, they met. they meet in the middle. Wow, I love that. Um, okay, so final story. Emma, you've been so much fun. This is literally too great to have you on. Um, Thanks for having me. This is such, oh my such a blast. Yes, I'm going to make you come on more. Um, so this final story is about dating in the age of quarantine. And we've talked about this a little bit on the pod in earlier episodes, but I think it is like something that's kind of evolving as this goes along. And I know both of us have kind of tried to maybe date in quarantine. It's just a weird time to date in general. But I, I kind of I want to ask you... Um, you know, there's a few questions. First of all, how much can you talk about the current state of the world? Because I feel like on these apps and on these dates, it's like very hard to not talk about what's going on. And then also, I want to ask, should you be taking COVID tests before you start hanging out with someone? Is that where we are? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a, those are both really good questions. I think for the first part about, like, how much, I think you have to at least touch base because, right. like, if I'm going to commit to getting, like, a sack of my blood taken out of my arm for, like, an antibodies <laughs> test to meet up with you, I, I hope that you're not, like, a crazy person. <laughs> like, I, right, you know what right. I mean? Who's like, what if, what if, what if, you know, what you're if, like, yeah. I want to meet up with this guy. He's really cute. He's 6'2". And then you, like, go get an antibodies test and you're like, oh, like, want to meet up? Like, I got tested. And he's like, the virus is a hoax everyone's a lizard person Kanye 2020 like I totally. like you know like and totally. then it's like I've just wasted time and money for this waste of time so I I think you just right. have to touch base and make sure you're on the same page with someone like basically also right. I was reading um the other day there's a lot of I this is again this is an unsolicited gossipy hot take but I did see on Twitter that they said two very high profile celebrity couples and this is just a, a blind item have broken up marriages because they had different opinions on the BLM movement and like I'm just saying on the movement the BLM 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 oh my god Black Lives Matter and so it's just like that have a different opinion on that my point is how have you never talked about things like that so that's my point of like talking about the state of the world while dating like get it out of the way while you're dating and make sure you're on the same page because then you're gonna you know Fast forward 10 years, you're in the middle of a quarantine divorce because you never asked these questions. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I honestly do feel like, especially dating in quarantine, if you've like been with someone for a very long time, it's like one of those things when we've talked about this, it's like, if it wasn't going well, it's ending, you know, or if it's going great, like you're getting married. Like, I think it's one of these things that like quarantine just expedites wherever somebody is, like either business. It's relationship rocket fuel, I feel like. Exactly. My friends, <laughs> exactly. I know people that have either been like someone they were dating, you know, just kind of casually and then they're like, oh, we're getting married or it's like, I never want to see that fucker again. Like then, right. those are the only two <laughs> options. Um, and it's just like pouring rocket fuel on your like very early relationship. But you know you're not getting any younger so at least it speeds things up you know where you land Um, right totally yeah no I think I guess you have to talk about a little but it's just so awkward and then like you know quarantine dating's weird what do you go on walks have you gone on any quarantine date walks I mean yeah I, I think the thing is just like making sure you really trust the person before you agree to do things like that For like sure. I because you have to know I, that they're not like licking surfaces before yeah they hang out with the you. quarantine date walks I've, I've done a few you know socially distanced masked on like walking hiking you know things yeah. like that outdoors um but I these have also been it's it's been someone that I know really well that I actually like it wasn't just from an app and like it, he had been you know quarantining himself like you have to just really mm-hmm. trust the person like because you know people are wilding in these streets like I like <laughs> read an article the other day about like people in Texas going to like a COVID party where they oh all God. like 20 dumb 20 year olds they like went to a party with like one person infected and then to see how many people got it like insane pe- like what if the guy that you met on hinge went to a COVID party and then wants to go on right. a walk with you it's yeah. so scary it's honestly I'm breaking out in a full body sweat just thinking about it <laughs> so I, I have been doing it but obviously I think I've been incredibly cautious and it's really just more it's we're t- returning to like it's just online dating but like staying online <laughs> right right well have you done any skype dates that's the thing i can't bring myself to do i can't bring brought myself to a skype date either it's no, I, I keep I it to like the messaging on the apps or texting then the yeah. second like i have to like put my face in front of a camera for a date that's where i that's where i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah the second i have to set up my ring light and get the set going I just you have can't. to grab your can of goya beans set up yeah. your ring light it's all that's when you they lose it's a you. whole thing um, okay, well, Emma, thank you so much for joining us. You're our favorite human ever. 
Um, where can we find you? Where can everybody find you? Um, yeah, I'm just uh, at Emma Stone Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R, um, on Instagram and Twitter. Oh my god, and your Twitter is truly iconic and one of the funniest Twitters that I've I waste my entire life on Twitter. So if you also are sitting in quarantine just scrolling, come find so me. So good. I, oh my god, incredible. Um, well, I can't wait to see you in real life. Uh, I know. I can't wait. I miss you. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. Thanks for joining us. And uh, be sure to follow if you're not following. And if you want quick sound bites throughout the week, you can find us at Well-Informed Girlfriends on Instagram. And until then, we'll talk to you later. Bye.